You're listening to the NASM CPT Podcast with Rick Ritchie, winner of the Share Care Emmy Award for Social Storytelling and the official podcast of the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the NASM CPT Podcast. My name is Rick Ritchie, and today we've got a big episode. I mean, I'm talking like muscular episode with us today because today... Uh, I've got somebody joining us. He's been on the podcast before, and uh, and he's not been on the podcast enough, in my opinion. And so, because I didn't have him on enough, he rebelled against it and started his own podcast. And so, the NASM Podcast Network is now going to have the Peak Physique Podcast hosted by the NASM Master Trainer and IFBB Olympian Physique Athlete. Welcome my guest today, Andre Adams. What's up, Andre? Hey, what's going on, Rick? Good to see you, my friend. It's been a while. Like you said, it's been too long. We've got so many things to talk about that we had to break it out. So we've got an entirely new podcast series coming out. And Stay tuned because Rick will definitely be a guest on mine multiple times. There's so many things I want to pick your brain about as we break down some of that, you know, pseudoscience that's in the industry and, you know, get back to the evidence-based science uh, specific to bodybuilding. Perfect. I love that. And and certainly there's a lot of bodybuilders out there, whether they're uh, professional, recreational bodybuilding, still very, very big. And I, th- I think probably even growing. It's it's an amazing sport to be a part of, and it certainly gives people something to shoot for, which I want to talk to you about that. Uh, but to, to be able to ha- have a voice in the industry like yours, like uh, you're an NASM master trainer, you're an IFBB pro, you're an Olympian. That's it. That for me, that's very exciting. That's the, that's the, mm-hmm. the, the top of the heap. And so, but even at the top, there's a lot of misinformation. There's a lot of, I, I tell people all the time, if you're consistent and you don't get hurt, you just keep doing it. You're probably going to grow, but right. are there better ways to do things? And I think that's one of the things that you are going to bring to the, the people that listen to your voice and the people who want to be part of this bodybuilding figure fitness competition community so that they can be a part of it. And and also you were a big part of the the physique and bodybuilding course that NASM now has, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And I, that that got me so excited when I first found out we were doing that course because just as you alluded to, that's really what drew me into NASM, you know, a decade ago. I wanted to initially it was more for self-enlightenment. I wanted to enhance my own knowledge on anatomy, on the physique, how our muscles work. How can I get more out of my training as an elite athlete at the time? As that evolved, you know, and as I continue to develop in my career and start coaching other athletes, you know, we now own a gym and a supplement store. Then it became more about how can I help more people? So how can I better round off my skill set with actual science? You know, maybe what worked for me 15 years ago doesn't work for Um, you know, a a women's wellness athlete. So it was really just getting a better understanding of that. And when we decided to launch the PBC course, Physique and Bodybuilding Coach, we brought together so many brilliant minds in the industry. It was just, it was fascinating. I wanted, I wanted to be the first one to take the course, right? I mean, you got PhDs and MDs with very specialized skill sets. And then, you know, just rounding off that triage of the three pillars for evidence-based science, right? You've also got 
coaches experience and you've got client outcomes in there. You've got that iterative process with the uh, latest research. And that's, you know, it's never ending, right? What we know today, 10 years from now, it is going to be maybe irrelevant, right? Uh, but that's what I love. We're going to be able to share some of those experiences with our followers and hopefully shorten their learning curve too, right? Maybe what took me like an, a lifetime to learn, we can share with someone through, you know, the first 20 to 30 episodes of the Peak Physique podcast. Yeah, that, that's pretty amazing. I think something that's interesting, uh, and you'll probably have something to say with this too, because it's not a field of study of mine, but I don't think that there was a lot of research really that went into bodybuilding, maybe into, you know, the mechanisms behind hypertrophy. But when we talk about mechanisms behind hypertrophy versus preparation for a competition, right. that's, that's not the same thing. Like people can hypertrophy and you ain't ready for a competition, exactly. right? So there's a lot more that goes into it. And we're starting to see a few researchers now. Uh, and and I still don't think there are a lot, but again, it's not my field yeah. of study, um, that are actually researching and studying what this looks like. And then hopefully that means that we'll have some more people doing that in the future. So we have a lot of real peer-reviewed data that yeah. and not just a boatload of anecdotal content. Exactly. And I, I love that you touch on that because it really started as tribal knowledge that was handed down through the generations from coach to athlete. And then, you know, it was really heavy on the trial and error, the experiential outcomes that maybe worked for this one person, uh, but really how healthy was that? Is it sustainable? Is it repeatable, right? There's a lot of variables that were unknown. And I think something like a PBC course now opens the discussion for continued research and education around it. Uh, PBC is just, it's a stepping stone, right? It's the first, I would say, legit course that uh, I think lays the foundation for more questions to be asked. Right. What what else can we learn about uh, the long term effects of training in hypertrophy for 20 years or, um, you know, using different supplementation or, you know, the pink elephant in the room. Right. PEDs. Right. What's the long term effects right. of these things? And I love that even some of our, our own NASM family, like Dr. G, he's done some amazing work, you know, yes. studying things like the heart and um, hypertrophy. Right. With the cardiovascular system. Um, I think that there's a lot of people out there doing some really cool work on the on the muscle side too i know you know brett Contreras is out there um, a good buddy of mine jeff casebolt with the gluteator uh, through dynavec you know they've been doing different studies on glute activation so if you're a fan of knowledge and you're a fan of bodybuilding you're in the right place uh, we're going to keep bringing that knowledge here into one common platform with nasm nice uh question about the the podcast do you you know, is this a lot of you uh, being on the podcast? Because I kind of do it the same way too. Like uh, definitely more than half of my podcast and it just, it kind of goes in waves, but uh, it's mostly me just yapping. So they're probably super excited to hear your voice on the show, but are you going to have guests on the show or is it going to be mostly you? What's the, what's your platform is uh, the kind of the, the format as far as you know, right now? Yeah. And that's an excellent question, Rick, you know, for, for me, there's there's some things that I actually admire that you do excellent, which is the storytelling. And I think sometimes I get so excited to share the science behind it. Sometimes you forget to tell your own experiences and stories as they relate to that topic. So you'll get some monologue style where I might be doing a very deep dive into a very specific bodybuilding or physique topic, a nutrition topic. 
but definitely I'd say about 50% of the show, you're going to get some notable figures. I'm not going to, I'm not going to have any spoilers. I might text you later, Rick, but I can't, I can't tell you that you're going to have some Mr. And Miss Olympia champions. You're going to have some elite prep coaches. You're going to have some IFBB Olympia level judges on the show. Um, Anyone who is a fitness enthusiast, you know, maybe you work with transformers. So people that are trying to improve their body composition um, or you are a contest prep coach or a high level athlete. We're going to have elements that walk you through how to go from a novice competitor all the way up through that Olympia level. What is what does that actually look like? How do you get started? How do you find a coach and, you know, the right resources for something like uh, the field of bodybuilding? And that's a big deal, I think, because having a coach is so important, just like having a trainer. Uh, But having a coach, not just to prepare your body and your physique for what it is that you're doing, but there's the stage preparation too. And I know that, you know, there's the nutrition, there's what, what are you consuming? What's, uh, you know, the amount of sodium that's being taken in, you know, there's so many factors, things that, again, I don't, I'm not that familiar with, but I'm familiar enough to, to ask the question, what do you do with this? What do you do? When do you assault? When do you When you hydrate, what do you, or why, why is everybody that's bodybuilding walking around with a gallon of water, right? Like <laughs> there's so many questions that people have that, that get laid at your feet. And then you have to coach that, right? You are identifying, all right, who is this person? What is their weight? What is their, you know, uh, sex? What are they competing in? Yep. Um, what category? Are they right, what's the criteria? And exactly. then you're picking apart like the the macros and the hydration and the timing. And then when you start incorporating in uh, cardio and, you know, are you doing, um, which I, I think is the most amazing thing in the world, if it's even possible, which is recomposition, right? Mm-hmm. Like, can you build and cut at the same time? Can you right. hypertrophy or develop muscular uh, hypertrophy size? And at the same time, lose body weight. And for me, you talk about the something incredibly elusive in yep. the world of fitness in general. Because everybody, when they come in, uh, almost hands down, say, oh, I want to build a little bit of muscle and I want to lose a little bit of fat. And you're like, all yeah. right, well, can, can, can you do that at the same time? Yeah, and that's, that's a fascinating one. Because he, so as a gym owner also, right, we own Snap Fitness Kenosha. And we have an in-body 570. And I, I promise you I'm not in, in a salesman in any way, shape, or form for the in-body. But I use them so frequently for both our general you know, gym members, our gym goers, and then our high-level athletes. And it's amazing what you, what you see. And depending on the coaching, the meal timing, the meal types, uh, just what you said, the amount of cardio, um, the type of training and programming, um, periodization, all that stuff matters. And you can you can certainly do both, even whether it's a natural athlete or an athlete that is enhanced, you know, or using um, some form of PEDs. You can you could still as a natural just lifestyle client experience, um, you know, some muscle gain and uh, weight loss at the same time, uh, which is it's been amazing to kind of study and observe that. And those are those client outcomes. Right. And the coach's experience that I get to study over time. Uh, but we'll definitely show some case examples of that. Um, even here, you know, in Reno, I'll share in a bit about some of the experiences peaking out one of our figure pros for her pro debut, Miss Kaylee Essers. She's actually here in the Airbnb, her, her, her and Drake here, but we, um, 
I'll share a little bit about the carb loading and kind of the dry out strategy we use for her to peak her out perfectly. Yeah, do that. Cause currently you, you're in Reno there. You had a competitor that just had her, uh, her IFBB pro debut, I believe. And right. so this is a, this is a big uh, moment for her and you as the coach came out with her. So you're in Reno, uh, as you said, you're at an Airbnb and there was a big competition this weekend. So, um, I, you know, how, how do you pick the ones that you go to and do you identify, all right, well, you're just starting out. Here are some of the smaller ones. Cause I know as uh, a former, um, competitive fighter that at once you go pro, it's not like you're you're fighting Floyd Mayweather Jr. because you just went pro. Like you you start yep. off with lower level, newer pros, and then as you start to become more seasoned as a professional, you start to build up to those bigger shows. I'm assuming it's the same way with this. You you try to. The interesting thing. So we're out here at Legion Sports Festival out in Reno, Nevada, and you never know who shows up at these type of shows, right? Uh, they, they do publish a list of the competitors about a week out, but you get a lot of drop-ins. And we actually had some Olympia winners drop into this show in multiple categories. Um, and okay. my mindset is always, let's prepare for the most elite possible competition you can possibly imagine. That's what we got. Uh, so for, for Kaylee right now, this is her first pro season. And, you know, she's done about 15 months of improvements and building. So your goal at this point as a rookie is to really establish yourself on stage, let the judges speak, um, stay after the show, get the feedback, which we did from, um, you know, Tarek Gundy and some of the IFBB Olympian judges. And then you craft your plan, your strategy to meet those specific criteria uh, the next time you step on stage. So it's, it's a lot. Um, and, you know, I'll, one thing I'll allude to on the show, it's kind of above and beyond just, you know, competing and prepping athletes uh, or as a competitor myself. Part of the reason um, that you come out to specific shows is for the networking opportunities to build your brand. You know, you start to connect with other athletes, coaches, uh, sponsors, and that's really what propels you in, in your bodybuilding journey in your career. So we'll, we'll talk a bit about that. You know, shout out to Miss International, Cassie Gillis. We actually came out to support her KG Jeans booth. Um, NASM um, sponsored one of the seminars that we did. So Cass and I were nice. part of a very big bodybuilding seminar uh, yesterday on the center podium stage. So that, you know, that was a great opportunity to share some yeah. insights on the PPC course as well. Oh, man, that's super cool. Ladies and gentlemen, I am talking with Andre Adams. He is a... Uh, NASM master trainer, and he's an IFBB Olympian physique athlete. Uh, he's got a new podcast coming out, the, phys, uh, the Peak Physique Podcast. Now, it's going to be airing initially every other week, and the first episode is going to drop on Tuesday, October 17th, and, uh, and that's going to be on YouTube when it hits Wednesday, October 18th all podcast platforms. So if you listen on Apple, Google, whatever, SoundCloud, anything you're on, we're going to find the podcast. We're going to be there. And uh, Andre is with us today 
helping to sharpen our sword, helping us to to better understand not just what's coming up with his podcast, but also to help us better understand the sport in general. So for these those of you who are out there who are interested in physique competition and bodybuilding, um, the the competition scene out there is pretty remarkable and i feel like for a while it had just kind of died down and then suddenly it was like a like a, a plume of people jumping into competitions and uh and and so we've got one of the best coaches in the game one of the best prep coaches and in, and in large part because he's been there and he's done it and it very much helps when you've got somebody who has been on the inside track who is uh, competed at the highest levels, and that is Andre. So, Andre, questions. Um, what are some of the most common questions you get from people? Let's say that they're fitness people, or you know, uh, not necessarily fitness professionals, but they're showing up at the the gym, and they know you, and they know what you do. Because I get this a bit, you know, how do I get started with education? How do I teach courses? How do I? And they want to they want to pick my brain because they they see what I do and there's something that inspires them uh, and they want to do something similar. What are the questions you get from people at the gym or relatively new people into the game? What do they ask you about? What are some of the things that come up? There's so many, um, you know, probably the, I'll, I'll share the funnier ones first. So I think the number one question I get is Andre, what's that one ab exercise I can do to get a six pack? <laughs> so oh, yeah. I hate that oh, question. Yeah. Because Rick, you and I know how that is, right? <laughs> um, there is no one exercise we can do to get the abs, right? It's a combination of the diet, the cardio, being at a caloric deficit, you know, burning the uh, body fat around the abdominals. So that's definitely a really common one. I, I think nutrition is always top of mind. Uh, since we also own a supplement store, we get uh, a blend of questions. Some of them are on the training side or competing side and others are on supplementation. So we try to do some nutrition consults there. I would say what I consider the golden question is what should I be doing pre and post workout? And mm. I discover, and this, this applies to not just physique athletes, but anyone who's trying to improve their body composition. Uh, you know, pretty much everyone on this planet can stand to build a little muscle. No one wants to burn or muscle waste. Um, and then we want to maintain a healthy, reasonable body fat percentage. So the golden question usually is what should I be doing post workout? And obviously, you know, coming in with a fast digesting protein, like a whey isolate. And, you know, I like to pay, actually pair that with a fast digesting carb post-workout. It's one of the only times a day you actually want to spike your glucose and insulin, which wakes up the muscle receptors and shuttles those amino acids into the muscle so that you can, you know, begin the recovery and muscle growth process faster. Uh, so that would probably be number one on the nutrition side. And then do you I get suggest a, a particular ratio. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry to jump in. But do you suggest oh, yeah. a particular ratio? We do. We do. So we've got, and it, you know, I hate the answer. It varies, but it does vary by the individual, sure. of course. But if you just want it like a good, you know, kind of rule of thumb, um, pre-workout, our body runs on carbohydrates. So I think a lot of people, whether they're competitors or just general lifestyle clients are afraid of carbs and, you know, coming into uh, a workout, especially let's say it's a heavy leg day. I actually like to do um, a pretty high carb load. So I'll go, you know, as high as three to one with my carbs to proteins, keeping the fats pretty low, you know, five grams or so. Um, Intra-workout, definitely loading up on some EAAs, so essential amino acids that mimic the muscle profile, right? That's going to help 
avoid muscle, um, you know, being catabolic where you're breaking down muscle tissue and start that recovery process a bit faster. Um, hydration is also key during that, right? So pre, intra, and post. And then post-workout, it's usually a ratio. You know, sometimes I even go one-to-one, -one, but I like to go uh, two-to-one usually for my carbs to proteins. Uh, and again, I say it varies because A, the individual uh, and their specific goals matter. Are they cutting? Are they trying to bulk, right? So uh, I would say B, that's the, probably the biggest determining thing. If you're trying to build muscle and you're in an off-season, you're going to get a lot more aggressive with your carbohydrates pre and post. If you're in a depletion phase and we're cutting into a show, we're intentionally keeping the carbohydrates a little bit lower, right? We want to uh, preserve our muscle with the amino acids, but we don't want to, um, you know, necessarily spike our insulin and store belly fat. Gotcha. Now, let me run this by you because I know you'll be quite familiar with it. There seems to be an amino acid out there that's I would say pretty vital when it comes to building muscle. And if I'm not mistaken, it's leucine. Is there a, there a particular uh, importance to the amino acid leucine? Yeah. And it's really, I, I would go as far as to say it's, it's more important having it in a specific two one one ratio of leucine, isoleucine and valine, right? So you want to get that blend of aminos again, just to preserve your muscle mass and a lot of people, I think the, the biggest, so we, we talked about the most commonly asked questions. I would say some of the biggest mistakes or common mistakes are skipping the nutrition before the workout. You, you'd be shocked, Rick, even some of the athletes that come to us for coaching, we do a nutritional assessment and I find that they're training fasted, right? Um, now I do appreciate fasted cardio, you know, maybe some miss or list, a moderate or low intensity, steady state. But when we're doing something intense, like a leg training day, right, you definitely have to fuel the body first. And I think that's the common mistake I see is there's not adequate pre, intra or post-workout nutrition. And uh, here's my analogy to the post-workout one. So after a really intense training sessions, our bodies are catabolic, right? We've exhausted yeah. glucose. We're pretty depleted. We're starting to break down muscle tissue and convert that into uh, glucose. So what do you want to do? You want to start the recovery process faster and switch your body from a catabolic back into an anabolic state. And that's the importance of that fast digesting carbon protein. So that's fuel, right? If you're driving your race car, Rick, and you're on the highway, your car runs out of gas. Are you going to put gas in that car that takes three hours to work? Or are you going to put gas in that's going to get you started right away? Right away, brother. Right away. So that's the importance of supplementation post-workout, right? We want to start that recovery process refuel so that our bodies are starting to uh, go through that SRA curve, right? The stimulus recovery adaptation where we build that super compensation and we uh, build muscle tissue back stronger than the previous day. Now, I love that you brought up super compensation and, and I know that's been out there for, for a while. And what I don't know is whether or not that is a researched concept. I know it's a generally understood or believed concept. Uh, first of all, can you explain to the listener what is super compensation and then let us know if it's uh, if there's anybody that's out there that's actually, to your knowledge, done any research regarding it? Yeah, and I, I'm, I don't know offhand any, you know, clinical studies that we've seen or things like this where there's research papers that are peer reviewed. But I do know the general concept of SRA curve, uh, and I, I do believe that it's uh, very 
um, time tested, you know, so it's one of those when you look at the evidence based, yeah. right, I think it's more of the coach's experience and client outcomes. But the general concept is that we apply enough stimulus or demand on the muscle. Um, so for us, that could be things like, um, you know, the progressive overloading or said principle, right, specific adaptation to impose demands. And once we apply a, a certain amount of stimulus to the muscle, we break down enough tissue, which drops us, you know, kind of below that line where um, we've broken down some muscle tissue. So if you look at those three mechanisms of hypertrophy, that'd be exercise induced muscle damage. Now, once we start that repair process, that's the key. If you're not getting adequate nutrition post-workout, if you're not getting adequate sleep and hydration post-workout, you're not ever going to recover and even get the super compensation. Um, and I've, I've pr I have proven this with client outcomes many, many times on the in-body where we have, uh, let's say, a member that's maybe doing their own nutrition and training, but they're spot checking on the in-body for skeletal muscle and body fat. And I see it all the time. They work really hard for, you know, three months. We put them back on the in-body. They're down 10 pounds, but eight of those 10 pounds were muscle. Yeah. And I start the conversation. What are you doing? Intra and pulse workout. Well, I, I don't have anything. And then I wait until I get home. And three hours later, I eat a whole food meal. And so they're never getting the super compensation. And what that is effectively, if we're getting the proper recovery, we're, we're compensating and rebuilding, repairing that muscle tissue stronger than the previous state. And if you think about over time, if we're measuring things like the biceps or the chest or the quads, and over a 12 month span, you know, you put a half inch of muscle mass around those areas. That's how you would, you know, theoretically prove your not just hypertrophy, but physical muscle mass or uh, on the in body. We measure it specifically, right? It's direct measured um, and we can see exactly how many pounds to the decimal point of muscles in each area of the body. So we can, you know, kind of validate the, the super compensation. Right. And, and I think that's kind of the super compensation is built into our training protocols, right? So if we talk mm -hmm. about homeostasis, right, we're at a, a steady state, we work out, and then we drop into this uh, catabolic state where we're breaking things down. And then over time, we build back up, and then we go just above homeostasis, right? So yep. we go just above where we were. Ideally, what we do is we work out again, when we're at the highest point of our catabolic state, uh, sorry, anabolic state where we're building yep. back up. But if we don't, if we don't, then we're just going to go right back to homeostasis. We're going to go right. right back to where we were. So every time you work out and you work out once a week, once out of every other week, you break down, you build up, and then you go right back to where you were. You break down, yeah. you build up, and you go back to where you were the kind of built into the programming, we say, you know, 24 to 48 hours, depending on the intensity of the workout, you might want to wait two days. Uh, you might need to wait even longer, depending on the intensity of your workout, but it's built in, right? I, I do a leg day, I take two, three days off, and then I hit the legs again. So every time yep. I'm at that peak of my anabolic state, I work out again. And then I yep. hit that peak of anabolic state. And then I could just keep building and building and building over time. And that's, that's the goal. And that, that damn homeostasis, man, it's going to yep. keep trying. You take a break and you're going to end up right back where you were from the start. So I yep. think what I've always heard in the gym, no matter what is consistency is king. And you may not be doing the absolute most ideal program, but if you're consistent, you're going to get more out of it than doing the best program inconsistently. 
hundred percent. And I love that you touched on that because it's really that volume, frequency, and recovery. And you, you know, you might be training super hard all the time and you could effectively be training too close together. Right. So to your example with the legs, if let's say you're not at least 90% recovered and you decide to hit those legs again, 24 hours later, well, you haven't even achieved the super compensation and it's actually counterproductive. Right. Um, so you could be burning more tissue or just, uh, really delaying your goals. And I see that a lot too, where it's usually the younger guys, I think, um, and sometimes girls with the glutes, right? Because it's trending and mm-hmm. they don't maybe know what else to, to train. So they frequently train the same muscle group too much instead of giving themselves that extra day or two of, of rest. And I'm, I'm sad, Rick. I actually got, um, I, I normally have my Garmin on. I've got the, um, you know, that Sapphire watch with the GPS and everything. And I love it. Uh, we, we've been doing some studies yeah. with it. And one thing I always struggled with because I'm so busy, you know, not as an, just as an athlete and a coach, but just an entrepreneur, I struggle with sleep, right? And it's mostly getting enough hours of deep, restful sleep by the time you're done winding down for the evening. The, and the Garmin actually tracks your recovery score based on your levels of REM sleep in those stages. Um, and then sometimes it's almost too honest, right? So if you're sleeping very <laughs> or interrupted, I wake up in the morning and it says, Andre, you're going to have basically tell me I'm going to have a terrible day. You're going to struggle with cognitive function. You're going to struggle with, you know, articulate speech, things that I, you know, who needs articulate speech when you have a podcast, right? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I do love it though. I appreciate it because it makes you pay attention to your recovery. And here's the, here's the catch, Rick, is it gives you a recovery score based on all those factors, your resting heart rate and a few others. And, uh, you know, you know, let's say I had that hard leg day on Monday, but my recovery score Wednesday is still only 60%. It's telling me I'm not in an optimal state maybe to have that intense workout again. So there's a lot of different technology and wearables and tools that can help you if you're unsure of, you know, how to program the frequency and volume of your training. I, you just made me think of that. Uh, a couple of quotes, because I recently read Unreasonable Hospitality by Will Gadara. And uh, he was uh, he was the maitre d', I think, at a, um, a very high-end, five-star Michelin-rated restaurant, one of the top restaurants in the world it was rated. And here are two of the quotes that I pulled from that book, and I think you'll appreciate. One, the first one that I have down is, there is no better way to show someone you care than by willing by then by being willing to offer a correction and mm-hmm. and i think that's super important even talking about sleep uh you know nutrition what yep. and how you start to train somebody and develop them for a, sh- for a show being willing to offer a correction i think it's vital i think sometimes we need to let people work through some stuff on their own um, many times we can overcorrect and not give somebody the chance to actually develop uh, an understanding for self. But the second one is, and, and we, we do this a lot of times as fitness professionals too, uh, which is give a lot of uh, praise, you know, good job, good job, good job, good job. Uh, nice set. Well done. Good job. Best one, last one, best one. And yep. uh, he says, praise is affirmation, but criticism is an investment. So, yeah. and, and where I take that is that praise, sometimes we need affirmations. I need to be built up. Uh, criticism, however, is not to break you down. The investment mm-hmm. in criticism is to help develop. 
And right. whether that's develop customer service, which is what his book is about, or develop the body or develop habits, the criticism doesn't mean it's a harsh criticism or a hurtful criticism, but it's not mm -hmm. an affirmation that you're doing everything right if you're not doing everything at its peak. That's 100% accurate. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, sometimes we all need to hear that, right? Even, even me, you think you're doing great and... You know, Garmin has no issues telling that, telling you that you need to step your game up. That, that's right. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the, the devices have no issue. Uh, they, you know, they don't care about your feelings. <laughs> no, they don't. You know, I, I, had, I had a quote myself a few years back. Um, I did a shoot with, you know, my sponsors out at First Forum. And it was about iron as therapy, right? So using the weight training and things like that as an outlet for that. But my quote there was that the iron will always tell you the truth about yourself. And what I meant was, you know, I actually came from powerlifting before I, I moved over to bodybuilding. Oh, that's right. And, you know, we talk about consistency. We talk about intensity with our training, training intelligently. Right. And if you were not on your game when it's time for that powerlifting meet, you get under that bar and you know you should be able to move that weight. Some days it just doesn't move. And yeah. it's always your truth, right? It's your truth of how consistent you've been, um, how hard you've been training and all that good stuff. So um, I love it. Anytime you can relate quotes like that to performance and mindset, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I got to tell you, man, I'm super excited about your upcoming podcast. And I've I've got quite the the list of podcasts on <laughs> on my library that, that I try to hit up and it's very rare where I'm looking forward to adding something else in because usually I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't take on any more listening. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm excited to take on a little more listening now with your podcast coming up. Well, I appreciate it, brother. Like I said, you've been a big inspiration since the first time I've been on your show. And, you know, shout out to our team back at NASM. It's truly an honor to be able to share something that I'm passionate about. And I know there's a lot of other people that are excited to tune in. And I will leave you guys with this nugget. So I said I wasn't going to drop a spoiler, but I'll drop a little, little spoiler. Uh, 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 we've actually got Ronnie Coleman coming out to my gym, Snap Fitness Kenosha, and our supplement store, Capsule Corp Nutrition, Friday. So he will be here this week on Friday. And I'm hoping we're going to catch him for a very special episode of the Peak Physique podcast, followed by my dear friend, Miss Andrea Shaw out of Michigan. She's the three soon to be four time reigning Miss Olympia champion. So best female bodybuilder on the planet um, to follow. So stay tuned. You guys wow. definitely don't want to miss some Q&A with them. Um, two very good friends of mine that I'm excited to, to share their experiences with the world. I didn't know you were shepherding goats over there, but you got a couple of goats already. <laughs> got a couple of goats over there. There's more to come. Those are just two of them. So We'll leave you guys oh my that. gosh. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we got it's Andre Adams, who is an absolute delight to talk to. <clears throat> but the fact that he's coming out with the Peak Physique podcast as part of the NASM podcast network is very, very exciting. Again, first episode is going to drop on YouTube October 17th, which is a Tuesday on Wednesday, October 18th, across all of the podcasting platforms. Andre, let us know how we can find you if we want to follow or message you. Absolutely. You guys can find me primarily on Instagram and YouTube. It's Andre Adams underscore official. Or you can visit me at my website, andreadamsofficial.com. 
or shoot me an email training by Dre at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you guys. If you have very specialized topics that you want me to weigh in on, I'd love to research those for you, bring on some experts um, and, you know, just continue to build the, the episode list as we move forward. So thanks again, Rick, for having me on your show. And I look forward to having you on mine very, very soon. So start thinking of some ideas. I've got a few that I think you can lend an expert eye on. Oh, as my daughter would say, bro. So <laughs> send me that Calendly invite and, and uh, we'll get it set up. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I want to say thank you for taking part of this and listening and make sure that when that when that episode drops and the podcast comes out to save it into your library so you can get that notifications every time it pops up. If you got questions for me, please take the time to reach out to me. Hit me up on Instagram at dr.rickritchie or email me at rick.ritchie at nasm.org. Y'all keep inspiring people to fitness. Thank you for listening. This has been the NASM CPT Podcast.